He said, without me, you can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So let's get started on our lesson this morning. We've been looking at the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've looked at all the gifts of the Spirit. We have looked at all the um, fruit of the Spirit. We, we have looked at walking and being led by the Spirit of God. And it's the Spirit of God that makes us bold in life. Amen. I remember I was talking to the girls this week, you know, that I was so shy. I wouldn't even tell you my name. No, it was Jenna I think I was talking to. Yeah, I wouldn't eat because she, she struggles with shyness, but I know God's got a call on her life. So she has to overcome that shyness, and I overcame it myself. I had to overcome it. Do you know that when I was a teenager, if you asked me my name, I wouldn't even tell you what it was? Because I was so shy. When I first got up and, and my pastor made me get on the praise team, I didn't even know the words, but he, made, he said, get up there and sing. I said, yes, sir. So I got up there. My clothes would shake like this, literally, because I was just terrified to be up on a stage in front of people. I would hold the microphone with two hands to keep from chipping my teeth because I was just terrified. So much anxiety and so much fear about being in front of people. And you know that's one of the number one fears of people besides death is public speaking. Number one fears. So it can be terrifying. But you know what? The power of the Holy Spirit will fill your mouth. The, the power of the Holy Spirit will make you bold. And now, you know, you can't shut me up. <laughs> so God has created a monster. Praise the Lord. <laughs> a preaching monster. Full of the Holy Spirit. But it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. The same disciples that were chickens when Jesus went to the cross. Stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached a sermon where 3,000 people got saved in, in one sermon. Praise God. So the power of the Holy Spirit makes us bold. And that's what we're going to look at today, being led by the Holy Spirit into boldness. And we should be bold. The Bible is full of people who were bold for God, who stood up boldly for God, who stood up boldly against their circumstances, boldly against their situations, boldly against um, enemies and people who were coming against them. They stood up boldly, and God had their back. Amen. So we, we have a Bible that's full of people being bold. And that's who we're supposed to be today. He didn't raise up all these bold people in our past, this, this hall of faith over in Hebrews chapter 11. He didn't raise all them up to be bold for us to be scared in 2019. No matter what we face, no matter what laws they pass, what, what is, uh, I don't want, I want to get into all that. I don't want to get into like political stuff, but I mean, ugh. You know, there's a war against Christianity. In case you haven't noticed, there is a war against Christianity. And we have to be bold and be willing to stand up because, really, we have to call their bluff. We have to, and it, it takes being bold. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in that day, he said, don't even think about what you will say. Just know that I'll give you the words to say. And I'll give you a mouth and such utterance and such wisdom that no one shall be able to argue or refute it. Woo, that's exciting to know that God wants to use us in our day. We're chosen. We're chosen to be a part of the, of the fruitfulness of, of this season. He, he reserved us for this season. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you and I anointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Amen. So we're supposed to be bearing fruit and our fruit should be remaining in our lives. Amen. And uh, and that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at being led by the Spirit. Number one, it is the will of God for believers to live a bold, supernatural life in partnership with Him. So it, it is His will that we should live a supernatural life. Not a mediocre, um, just regular life. 
He wants us to live a supernatural life. It's exciting. The walk of the Spirit is exciting. He's always talking to us, always communicating, always leading us, always guiding us. He's a God who is present, who's with us all the time. He's not out some far off place. You know, um, where, you, where he's not with you. He's with us every moment of every day. And he's with us to give us this supernatural life that he's called us to. And, and it's as we partnership with him. I, I just get excited thinking that God is, I'm a partner with God. That he raised me up and set me here because I'm a partner with him. There's something awesome in you that he wants to use. Amen. It's about more than just getting saved and living a, living a life, living a good life. It's about a whole lot more than that. God's got a plan and a purpose for your mouth to use you to reach people that are within your influence. That's what it's always been about. Amen. We should never water it down or turn it into something else. So our lives should be overflowing with the power of God and the presence of God. It should always be overflowing. Acts 4.31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled, they were assembled together was shaken. Boy, we ought to pray some prayers that just shake the earth. Pray some prayers that shake stuff up. When we pray, it's awesome. God hears us and things begin to change. The Bible says that the fervent, effectual, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. So we ought to pray some prayers that just shake things up. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with what? So you see where the Holy Spirit and boldness is linked together here. Daniel eleven thirty two. It says the people who do what? Know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Now that word know doesn't mean just that you know. It means to be acquainted with, but to be intimate with God. God is calling us to intimacy with Him. Of course, He's always called us to that. But I'm telling you, as the bride of Christ, we really got to be in love with Jesus. We really need to be equally yoked with Him and just be so in love with Him that we have intimate time with Him. Time that that you can't, I, I will not give it up for nothing. This time is, I have an appointment with God every day. To have intimate times of worship with Him. Times where I talk to Him and times where He talks to me. Whoo! Those are the people who be strong and do exploits. Message Bible says, those who stay courageously loyal to their God will take a strong tan, take a, a strong stand. You know, what if this is the season? What if this is the time? And what if this is the day? Of great persecution for the body of Christ. What if it is? What if this is? What if this is it? What if this is it? We can't. It can't be church as usual. It can't be being saved as usual. We got to kick it up. We got to make sure we got oil in our lamps. Amen. And extra oil. And you got to tell the person sitting next to you, you can't have my oil. You got to go get your own. Tell the person on the left, you got to go get your own oil. You can't have my oil. Amen. You got to get your own oil. Get up. Get early. I I will rise while it is yet night. Amen. Amen. Whoo! My flesh longs for you. My soul longs for you. I I I need you, God. Amen. Those are the ones who who take a strong stand. First Corinthians three nine. It says we are God's fellow workers. Would you underline that? We are God's fellow workers. We're working alongside Him, and He is the leader. He has the right to tell us what to do. Ephesians 2.10 
says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. I don't care how good of a life you're living. I don't care how good you've got it. I don't care how much money you have. If you're not living for God, and if you're not fulfilling his destiny and his purpose for your life, it is an empty life. If you're just living for yourself, that is an empty life. But a life that is lived out in purpose for others, amen, for caring for others, for seeing the need and stretching out your hands, I'm telling you that is the best life you can live and the most fulfillment that you'll ever have in life. Amen. But we have to we have to decide I'm going to be compassionate. And I'm going to care about people that I see that are going through. I'm going to reach out my hand and get personally involved. Amen. Number two, we should expect the supernatural. We shouldn't be surprised when God moves because he is a supernatural God. We should walk in expectation of it. Luke 137, for with God, nothing will be impossible. we got to get outside the box and believe God bigger. Bring God a bigger bag. Amen. God's going to fill whatever you bring him. Don't bring him a little Ziploc baggie. Don't even bring him a trash a trash bag. Bring him something that's so big you got to say, "Hey, get the other side of this." Amen. Bring God, you know, bring God a bag that's so big, you know, he can fill it. He fills our lives according to our faith. So you got to bring God a big bag and say, "God, I believe you're for more. I believe you're for bigger." Step out of things you've ever believed for before and step out and say, "You know, I be- I believe God for big things." Murray and I were running last night or walking, I won't lie. We weren't running. We were walking, weren't we, babe? <laughs> on the track. Yeah, we were walking on the track of Memorial Park last night and um I was like, "Man, I'm so sweaty. It's so muggy out here." And he's like, "Well, I don't sweat." And, and, and he said, I don't think that's good for you either, that you don't sweat. I said, well, we bind up those words right now in Jesus' name. I declare you sweat <laughs> in Jesus' name. He's like, well, it's just a fact. I'm like, yes, it is just a fact. But I believe that if God can make eyeballs out of clay and spit, I believe he can make this man sweat. Amen. Amen. I believe. I believe for bigger. I, I believe that God, I believe past what's natural. I believe past what the doctors say. I believe what is just normal. It doesn't have to just be normal. I'm in expectation of the supernatural because with him, nothing will be impossible we can sprout pores in jesus name luke 18 27 the things which are impossible with men are possible with god matthew 19 26 but with god come on help me it's not just a song we sing that's the word of god baby god says it then mark 9 23 if you can would you underline that word believe If you can release your faith for it, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All right, now let's look at boldness. Number one, knowing God makes us bold. When you know God, it makes you bold. You you believe you can do anything because you know the one who's walking with you. Second Timothy 1.12, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed. You gotta know who you believe. You know, David was bold. He was a shepherd boy that worshiped God. And he developed a boldness that was birthed out of knowing God. And you know what? When you're going through something, you know, what you gotta do is you gotta remember all those times that God brought you through. You didn't think you were gonna make it through before. But just like David said, you know what? I, I already uh, uh, dealt with a lion. I already dealt with a bear. When the bear would come and take a flock out of my, I mean, take a, a lamb out of my flock, I would go and, uh, and kill it and take the lamb out of its mouth. 
He would, he said, I caught the lion by its beard and delivered the, the lamb out of its mouth and struck it and killed it. He said, and this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like one of them. So David was bold when the rest of Israel was hiding in a ditch. David stood up and said, who do you think you are defying the living God? He said, you come to me with your spear and your javelin and all your army and everything, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Now, why could he be so bold by, like that? Because David knew the name of the Lord of hosts. He's the one who wrote, who wrote, the Lord God is a strong tower. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the El Shaddai, the all-powerful, the Almighty God. See, he knew the names of God. He, he gave God some new names while he was out there. That's why he could say, I know the power of the name of God and you are going down. And do you know, don't worry about what, what others might think of you because Goliath didn't even think enough of David to take his sword out of his sheath. After he struck him with a rock and a, and a rag, after he struck him in the forehead and killed him, he went over and cut his head off. He said that he had to take Goliath's sword out of the sheath. Goliath never even took the, she- the, sh- the, sh- the sword out of the sheath because he didn't think enough of him. So don't worry about what other people think about you. You just know what God thinks about you. David had a revelation of who he was because he knew God. Amen. So you got to be bold. Look, look, you know, when you think about how David's boldness was developed out of time. You know, he was a shepherd boy who worshipped God out in the fields, under the stars. He worshipped God. He knew God. And when you read the 23rd Psalm, it's not just a funeral scripture. The 23rd Psalm is about our walk with Him every day, being led by Him. Listen to it in the, in the, in the context of being bold. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now that's a boldness right there. The Lord is leading me. There's not one thing I could need that He won't provide for me. The Lord, or Jehovah, Jehovah Rohi, is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Sounds like He's bold, doesn't it? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Oh my gosh. Every enemy of mine, you just stand back and watch as the Lord prepares favor for me in the earth. Come on, that's boldness right there. It ain't about no funeral. It's about our God making us bold. Hallelujah. He said, you anoint my head with oil. I got to go back to you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And give you my table story right quick. For anybody who might not have heard my table story. I grew up in a situation that was really bad. My dad was abusive and he used to hit me in the face and was just very abusive. So as a 14-year-old, I ran away from home to avoid the torment of him beating me all the time. So while I was out there and I was homeless, like my stuff didn't look right. You know, my clothes were messed up. My shoes were messed up. I was, I, I didn't look right. And, and the, the other kids in the apartment complex where I was hanging out during this homeless time made fun of me. There was two of them named Sissy and Tina. Remember their names? Sissy and Tina, right? Sissy and Tina. Sissy and Tina, right? So um, 
all right, my, my bad season didn't last that long. By the time I was 18, I was working for Olin Mills Portrait Studio. I was in the back on the, selling club plans on the phone. I was just a telemarketer. You know, the people you like to hang up on every day? That's what I was doing. And I was just grateful to have me a job. I'll tell you that right now. I was just grateful to have me a job. And so, um, I left, I left, one morning I was on my way to work. I didn't have to be there till 1.30. Oh, no, no, no. Well, one day I was in the back. They came back and said, our photographer just quit. But when did you like to try out to be the photographer? I said, well, well, they, they came to me and said, what about you? And I'm like, well, okay, but if I'm no good, can I get my job back? So they, they gave me the job being the photographer. Long story short, I had a tremendous gift at it. Began to be very successful there at Ola Mills Portrait Studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. On my way to work one day, by this time I'm driving me a little red Corvette. Not homeless anymore. My clothes are just looking cute as I could be. So I drive up to, um, I think it was Hardy's, to get me a breakfast biscuit for, before I go into to work. And I, I, I pull up and I look up in the window and there's Tina. And I'm like, Tina, you work here. And she's like, looking out the window. She's like, yes, I work here. Where do you work? I said, I work across there at Ola, at Olin Mills. I'm, I'm a photographer. I have a career. She she, I wish you could have seen her face. I wish you could have seen it, and I, and I shouldn't be gloaty about it, but God has just prepared a table for me and invited my enemy to watch. Amen? And it was a good feeling. I wish I could, but you know, here's the, here's the thing about it, is I wasn't qualified to ba- pass out biscuits in that, in that window. I wasn't qualified to pass out french fries or, or make hamburgers. I wasn't qualified to do what she was doing, but God had favored my life and prepared a table and allowed somebody who treated me wrong to see it. Now, we don't try to do that, but when God sets it up, it sure is wonderful. Amen. Amen. It says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David was bold because he knew God. Paul was bold. Paul's... Boldness was birthed out of a desire to progressively know God more intimately. Look at, look at Paul's words in Philippians 3.10. He said, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may... And, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death in the hope. So Paul has got a prayer here where he's saying, my determined purpose is that I may know him. And if we have a determined purpose like that, we'll live out a life of boldness like Paul did, who says, you know what, King Agrippa, I think myself happy. Today I could lose my head, but I stand here and declare, I think myself happy. And he, you know, when, when he and, and Silas were in the inner dungeon, they weren't quiet. In the inner dungeon, once they'd been striped with, with all those stripes, they were naked and chained on their feet and their hands, but they began to sing praises to God. They began to, to, to declare the word. They began to pray while they were in this awful situation. And the Bible says the jail shook and was rocked and all the doors opened and all their chains fell off. Hallelujah. So you ought to be bold about what you know about God. Even when you're in a desperate situation, people are watching. And you can shake things up with your prayers. Amen. Number two, develop the mindset of boldness. 
Develop the mindset of boldness. What is boldness? It says willingness to take risks, acting innovatively, confidence, courage. It means to step up and do something that the, the others won't do. Like when Peter stepped out of the boat and he stepped out onto the water when the, when the other 11 stayed in the boat and never moved. Peter had the confidence and the boldness as when, when the Lord said, come. He didn't need to hear anymore. But he put his foot out there and he, and, and he walked on the water. Proverbs 28, 1, it says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. You know, a lion has a mindset of boldness. He doesn't ever take into account that, that something might bite him back. He doesn't ever even t- let that enter into his mind. A lion will take down a huge giraffe. Something that is towering, so huge. A lion will go after a giraffe. Now, giraffes will sometimes kick their butts, but you, you can still see where lions are not afraid to go after things. Amen. So Proverbs 30, 30, it says, A lion, mightiest among animals, which turns away from nothing or runs from nothing. So we shouldn't be afraid. We should have, we should just develop a mindset of boldness. Number three. God is bold about us. I love that God is bold about me. I love that God didn't die in a back room or a back alley somewhere or in, in, in some place where it was a secret. But no, He owned you and me. He owned our sin. He took it upon Himself on a hill called Calvary. He, he hung there naked and dying full of shame for us, for you and me. He was, that's a bold move right there. That's not something quiet or timid, but that's bold. So God is bold towards us. And look what he says in Exodus 3.12. He said, I will certainly be with you. That's a bold statement, isn't it? Then Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Number four. We boldly approach God in prayer. See, we don't, we don't need to go and beg God. We're children of the Most High God. And it's by His blood that we enter the holiest place. That we enter into the very throne room of God. That we come right up into His presence, right up into His lap. We just climb right up like kids that don't know no better. Amen? Because we're His children. He is our Father. And so... Um, we boldly come to him in prayer. And you know, when you begin to pray, you get, you get more bold. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16 says, For we do not have a high priest. And this ought to embolden you right here. We don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses. He knows what you're going through. He knows the stuff that you're struggling with. He knows. He understands what it's like to be weak. We weak. He says, But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come how? Eken up. Like a worm? No. Let us therefore come. Y'all help me preach this morning. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, that's one of the things that Jesus secured for us on the cross. You know, they had the, the temple there in Jerusalem when Jesus was hanging there on the cross and he said, it is finished. It is finished, tetelestai, the debt has been paid in full. It says, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And he bowed his head and he died. And immediately when he died, there was an earthquake. There was darkness all over the land, but there was an earthquake. Very, very, very symbolic there. Because that earthquake 
busted right in through the temple and tore the veil of the temple in two from the top to the bottom, signifying that God had taken away what kept us separated from God. And now we have a way into his presence through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can go any time, any day, in any condition, whatever's going on. There's nothing too hard for him. We come boldly to the throne of grace because there's no more veil. We go right into his glory, right up in his arms. Hallelujah. So we have the right to come freely into the presence of God. Jesus paved the way between us and the throne room of God. He paved the way. Ephesians 3, 11 through 12, it says, Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So, for instance, think about this. Think about when you go home, you don't, like, go up to your front door like you don't know if you can get in. Because you know you have access, right? You know you have the key. It's your place, right? So we don't, we don't go to God like, man, is he gonna hear me? Is he gonna care? Is he gonna be mad at me? We don't go like that. We go boldly in knowing that he's paved the way and made a way for us to be confident to come into his presence. Amen. So don't allow the enemy of your soul to trick you out of your right to come boldly and confidently to God, making your request to Him. All right, number five. True boldness comes from a knowing in your spirit. A knowing in your spirit. It's what you know. That faith that rises up on the inside of you. And that faith is there because you hear the Word of God on a continual basis. When I say you need to listen to two hours of the Word a day, you need to listen to two hours of the Word a day. Listen to it on your way to work, on your way home. Listen to it when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night. Make sure that you're listening to the Word because faith comes. That knowing comes because of of what I know. Peace reigns in my heart. I can go to a funeral and not shed a tear because of the peace that reigns in my heart. Why? Because I know I'm going to see that person again. Amen? Because of the knowledge that I have from his word that tells me, death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? So I can have peace in my heart right through some disastrous stuff. I can have joy in my heart when other people are tripping. Amen? Because of the things that I know. Other people are at the same hospital room that I'm in, the same waiting room that I'm in. But you know what? I know that by his stripes we were healed. So I can have joy while I sit there and I wait to hear the doctor's report. You know, I actually had a conversation with the doctor one time before uh, a person was going in for surgery. And I said, well, he said, well, the, we, we, we believe that the nerve has been severed. And I said, well, I'm believing that the nerve is not severed. He said, whatever, lady, I do this every day. I said, so do I. And when the surgery was over, they acted like they didn't want to tell me. I said, well, how was that nerve? They looked at each other and they said, well, the nerve uh, wasn't broken. It was just stretched. I didn't say I told you so. I said, thank you very much. Didn't need to say any of that. Amen. Amen. So we have a boldness. We have a confidence in what we know. But if you're not hearing it, you're not going to have any faith. You gotta be here to, faith does not come by what you heard, it comes by what you hear. And hear, and hear, and hear. You gotta hear it over and over again. First John 5, 14 through 15. Listen to this. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Well, we can pray with such confidence when we know the Word of God. We could, when you know something, 
You have confidence. And God's word, he's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Amen. So you can take his word to the bank. Message translation says, and how bold and free we then become in his presence, freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours. That's so awesome. Number six, be bold by acting on his word. At some point, you can't just know it, you got to do it. You got to step out. And you know, that's where the power of God meets you, is when you step out. There's no need for the favor of God if you're still sitting home. There's no need for the favor of God if you don't put the application in. There's no need for the favor of God if you don't go drive the car. There's no need for the favor of God if you don't ask for the raise. You have to step out at some point and take God at his word and believe that he will do what he said he would do. Amen. So you have to act on his word. My first pastor used to say the word works by works. For those who work the word by works or faith is an act. Faith is not sitting at home hoping. Faith gets up and does something. Amen. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, the, the favor of God, when, when um, I, I worked for Olin Mills for around three years and I worked for another studio for five years, so I had eight years of experience in photography and I decided I would start my own photography studio. This was way back in 1991. And I found a little place in Old Town Spring that I thought, man, it would make a great little photography studio. It was just nestled in the back there right next to the British Trading Post, the Tea Room, and Wunchy Brothers was on the other corner. Maggie's, who ran Old Town Spring, she was on the front, on the other side of me. I would have been surrounded by great shops. It would have been a great place. And it looked like it was kind of falling down. So I just rode my bike by there and peeked in the windows, and I thought, my God, this would be a great place. So I, I told one of my photography friends, I said, I found a, I think I found a great place in, in Old Town Springs. She said, oh, you can't afford anything out there. You know, they want $1,000 for just one room. And, and, and something just hit me wrong when she said that. Because it's free to make a phone call. The most you could say is, yeah, it's a $1,000 room. There's five rooms in there. So the rent is 5000 a month. That, that, at least it'd be information for me to use my faith for. Amen. But I called the man, and the man said, you know, this building has been empty for a while. If you'll just rent it, I'll, um, he said, the, I'll, he said I'll, I'll give you um, six months free rent. <laughs> okay, how much is the rent? He said, $350. I said, for which room? He said, for the whole thing. I said, sir, where do I sign? Where Do you have a contract with you? Let me sign right now. And I, and I, I rented that studio and eventually ended up owning that studio, being very prosperous. But what if I hadn't stepped out and made the call because I listened to what someone else told me? How many people, how, how have we let somebody keep us from calling? Who, who has told us we can't when God says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? That He will favor us and He'll go before us and make the crooked places straight. If the mountain's too high, baby, I'll bring it down. If the valley's too low, honey, I'm gonna lift it up. Because that's the kind of God that He is. Hallelujah! But you gotta, at some point, you have to step out. So number seven, be bold to resist the devil. You know, it's with boldness that we deal with Him. We're not afraid of him. We're not afraid of him. We're 
not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of his schemes. We study the word of God and we know exactly where he's going to come. Right here, this is the battlefield of the mind. And this is where he's going to come and attack us, is in our mind. So we have to be, we have to be ready for him and boldly resist him. Amen? James 4, 7 through 8 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people who do not realize that they are under attack. This is where the battle is. The devil is not coming with a pitchfork and a red suit. He's coming subtle. You'll think it's just you. It'll be so close to the truth that you only with the word of God can discern that it's the devil fooling with you. So, so you, you gotta be, you gotta know when you're under attack and when he comes start talking stuff like you ain't never gonna make it. Or, or, or just talking mess in your mind. You gotta know that you're under attack, that that is the devil. Resist him. You see, I'm convinced that we don't realize it, so we don't resist, and we just let him keep talking. Don't let him be the only one who's talking, amen? you got to talk back, and talk back boldly. Jesus resisted him in three different temptations. Every time he said, devil, it is written. And finally he said, fool, get out of here. Amen. So you got to tell him, get out of here, and be bold about it. Stand firm, stand strong against him, amen? I put a Facebook post on this morning, early in the morning, and it said, how does the devil uh, see you? Mighty, a mighty terrifying warrior or a punk to be pushed around? What's your resume with the devil? Does he think you're a punk and he can just keep pushing you around? Or does he say, when you get up, oh dear Lord, she's up. What, what, what is your resume with the devil? He ought to be terrified when you get up. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a giant killer? The children of Israel saw themselves as grass, grasshoppers in, in, the, in the promised land because they were walls and giants. They said, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and they saw us as grass, grasshoppers too. Many times what you think other people are thinking about you is not even what they're thinking. Because the truth was that, that Rahab told them, look, our city is securely shut up because we have seen what the Lord your God has done for you. We know that the Lord your God is God. So they already had a reputation with those people in that land that God told them to go get. God had already gone before them. So they were seeing themselves in a way that the people didn't even see them. The giants were scared of them and they whipped them. Numbers 13, 33. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So it's what you are in your own sight that will make the difference. You have to work hard to develop a confidence mindset. Speaking the word over yourself. How much of the word are you speaking over yourself? You ought to get in the mirror and talk to yourself. Get the 15 freedom truths from over here. Take it home and make it your daily practice for 30 days to just speak the word over yourself and tell yourself who you are in God. Amen. I'm a blood-bought, born-again child of the living God, and I will not be defeated. I am an overcomer and more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. you got to speak those things over until you just feel like you want to bust. Amen. Like Jeremiah said, the word of God is like fire shut up in my bones. First John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Romans 8, 37, yet in all these things we are what? More than conquerors through him who loved us. So you know what? You ought to just meditate on the love of God. How much God loves you. We love him because he 
first loved us. Amen. So we love him and he loves us. And so we meditate on that love and we know that God is never going to let us go. He's never going to loosen his grip on us. He loves me too much to let me fail. Would you turn and tell the person next to you, God loves you way too much to let you fail. So decide to be bold. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. You're a believer. You have authority over Satan and demons. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So you stand against him. Recognize when you're under under attack and take the fight to hit to him. Just like the Texans are going to do today. They're going to take the fight to North Carolina. We're going to take it to North Carolina today. Texans are. All y'all haters out there, haters gonna hate. So draw near to God and God will draw near to you. So God is with us. I think that's the greatest thing that we ought to know to be bold is that I'm not by myself ever for one moment. That God is with me. See, giants didn't matter to David because God was with him. Help me preach this morning. The flood didn't matter to Noah because God was with him. Age didn't matter to Abraham because... God was with him. The fire didn't matter to the three Hebrew boys because God was with him. The lions didn't matter to Daniel because God was with him. The prison didn't matter to Paul and Silas because God was with him. Being outnumbered didn't matter to Gideon because God was with him. Being cheated didn't matter to Jacob. I don't care how anybody's treating you. Being cheated didn't matter to Jacob because God was with him. Barrenness didn't matter to Sarah because God was with her. And I came to tell you today, whatever you're in, whatever is going on with you, it cannot beat you because God is with you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Give him some praise this morning. Amen, amen, amen. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you've made us bold as lions, that the righteous are bold as lions, God. We know that the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous you have made bold as a lion. So, Lord, may we rise up in this boldness of the Holy Spirit, in the boldness of your word, in the boldness of knowing that you are here with us every moment of every day, the boldness of the Holy Spirit. May we rise up into it, God, and and be the people that you've called us to be for this day and for this hour in the name of Jesus. We receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let this word bear a hundredfold return in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, glory to God, glory to God. Now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning. You'd say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. This morning I know that that I'm, I'm not living for God like I should be, but here I am. I'm ready to turn my life over to Him. You say, Pastor Sally, would you pray for me? I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to give my entire life to Him. I did that at the age of 31 years old. I knelt down in my closet. I threw my hands in the air and I said, God, you can have everything. I'm tired of doing it my way. It hasn't worked. And, 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 and I'm ready to give you everything I have. I'm ready to be totally all in and sold out. And in that moment, I gave my heart to God. That was 25 years ago. 25 years ago, and I'm telling you, I've been through some things since then, but I'm telling you that he's walked me through every single thing and has made me prosperous, has made me to have the life that I've always dreamed of having. And that life is a life that's lived with him. Amen. So I want to pray for you today. That's you. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. I need to be forgiven for my sins. Would you pray for me, Pastor Sally? I'm going to pray in just a moment. 
and lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, then you'll be back in right relationship with God. See, we're all sinners, every single one of us. And the wages and penalty for, for sin is death and eternal separation from God. You can pay for it yourself or you can accept the free gift of salvation that Jesus died on that cross for you and me. He laid in that tomb and on the third day God raised him from the dead. And he brought victory to our lives. Victory over sin, victory over death. Amen. So we have eternal life with him. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So I'm about to pray. So if you would just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I believe that God raised you from the dead on the third day, and I believe that you can save me from my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name. All right. So here's what you want to do. You just prayed that prayer. You meant it in your heart. The connection card that I told you about at the beginning of service, if you would, make sure that you fill that out. Make sure that you fill it out in such a way that um, I can read it. And then on the back, there's a little box that you put a check mark by that says, yes, I choose Jesus as Lord and make him, and I commit my life to Christ as my Lord. So you have to make a confession of him. You can't just sneak into heaven, say, I got my ticket and sneak in. No, you have to confess him publicly. And so this is your way of confessing him today. If you would, just put a check mark there. And you're going to take it over here to Miss Jenna. And she's going to give you the gift that we told you about. But also, hold up one of those little maps, the, the Jesus map. Not that one, the other one. There you go. Open that up. See, right there is a little map that shows you what to do from this day forward. You can't get saved except Jesus. Pray that prayer and receive him into your heart and not do the things that cause you to be a believer. Amen? You've got to grow. From this day forward. And so we're going to give you that map. We'll give you a Bible and uh, let you know what your next steps are in Christ. You're going to want to be baptized. You're going to want to get in our classes, that are our discipleship classes, so you can grow more like Jesus every day. Amen? All right. Well, it's offering time. All right. This is the time in our service where we give back to God. We um, give our tithes and offerings. And like I said, one of the easiest ways to give is through the Acceleration Church app. You can